I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another regular season edition here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Colada. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Colada. And then also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis. And this is our first recap edition here of the 2020 season, and it is a happy recap recording this on Victory Monday, Victory Monday night, I really should say, as the Saints took down the Bucks in the Dome, 34-23. to A good win for the Saints. Now look, there are definitely some things that they have to improve on, but I think overall, It is a very solid win to start off the season against a pretty tough opponent in the Bucs and really showed the entire NFL that really the Saints still own the NFC South. And that's it. And really, to me, that's something that's great to see. It's something that if you're a Saints fan, you're very excited about. The team did not come out sluggish, as some people thought. A lot of people thought maybe Brady would throw all over the Saints. The Saints obviously have had some troubles in the past during that like first game of the season. But the Saints defense came out kind of clicking on all cylinders after those prescripted plays. And that's something that, look, the Saints have had trouble with the prescripted plays and after they've found success. And that was the case in this game on Sunday. And I think we're just going to jump right into our notes. Then we're going to get into our intriguing matchups. And then we're going to finish off with our group by group recap. So starting off with our notes, the Saints move to 1-0. and for the seventh time in the Drew Brees Sean Payton era, there are seven and eight in openers. And this win was one that I feel like was rem- reminiscent, excuse me, to the way the Saints were winning when Teddy Bridgewater was quarterback. Very good special teams, very good defense. Obviously, the defense to me was clicking on all cylinders, even without Marcus Davenport and PJ Williams. And the Saints were able to get pressure. They were able to play really good on the back end. And that's something I want to highlight big time. This Saints secondary looks for real. And it looks like one that's going to scare a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of offenses. And that's something that, to me, will be very, very important, especially as the season develops here. So that's something I definitely wanted to highlight here. So that is very big. This was only Tom Brady's fourth opening day loss out of all of over 20 years of his career. He's only lost four times in the first week, and this was one of them. So the Saints are really able to get Brady off his mark, something that a lot of teams haven't been able to do throughout his career. So that's something that really is very big. Drew Brees moves to 4-2 and two against Brady, and Brees wins the first matchup between 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks. So that's something that's big. I mean, Brees didn't play amazing, but he did enough to win this game. I think he played a lot like a game manager, but threw no picks 
and he did throw two touchdowns. Didn't have the yards, but he did throw two touchdowns. And look, the Saints offense couldn't find a rhythm. Sean Payton said, actually, that he thought his play calling was awful. So that's something to definitely look at, and I completely agree with that. So at least Sean Payton's owning up to it. So I think that is something that at least, like, the Saints know they got to fix something. Now we're here to fix it. And even with the offense not being able to find a rhythm, 34 points up on the board is not too shabby. Special teams is key, and that's probably the reason the Saints do have 34 points on this game here. I mean, look, the Saints had eight drives starting at the 35-yard line or greater. So that's something that's really good, getting short fields, and that's really easy to get into Will Lutz range or scoring touchdowns. So that's something that I think is very big. And then Tampa Bay had no drives, and none of their 13 drives started beyond the 25-yard line. That wins you games. And that's something that when your special teams is special, it really could tilt any matchup. doesn't have to be just like, okay, just because the offense isn't playing well. Maybe it's because like the defense next time is not going to play well, and you need that special team to pin them back so the defense has a little more room to work with. And this same special teams is a real weapon. Obviously, everyone's going to talk about the blocked field goal attempt by Marcus Hunt just coming right up the middle, doing a really good job to get in front of the ball. So that was something that was obviously really good. And then Benny Fowler was able to come up in here, and after a fumble, he was able to recover a fumble on a kickoff, which was just a well-executed play by the Saints. And then also, look, the Bucks falter too. And, and that was something that I think was going to be apparent in this game. The Bucks wouldn't be on their A game here, and the Saints were going to come out of more continuity. And it's not like the Saints were at like 100% continuity, but they were much higher than the Bucks because I thought the Bucks played an atrocious game on so many different levels. And I'm not going to say like, oh, the Saints didn't win this game, the Bucks lost this game, but I do think that they made life easier for the Saints in, in a few ways. And again, that's something that I think that maybe the Saints were forcing errors, and it was obviously, I think that's something that we're going to have to look at and see, well, what was it? Was it the ineptitude of Tom Brady and their offense, or was the Saints defense just really forcing errors? And, and I do think it was the latter, and I do think that the Saints were really putting pressure on him. They were doing a really good job. And what I really want to put out here in this note segment was that the Saints, two of their three sacks were by Trey Hendrickson and Carl Granderson. With Marcus Davenport out, that's something that was going to be really important to see if the Saints could get pressure. And two out of their three sacks, excuse me there, came from really Davenport's two backups. So I thought that was something that was really, really big there. And really the last note here is really how the Stars plays and maybe kind of the lack of how good Stars played here for the Saints. Michael Thomas got injured late in the game and he's going to be questionable now going into next week. And that's something that I do think the Saints could win win without Thomas. So look, if, if the Saints should err on the, the side of caution with Thomas here, and he should definitely, look, if he has to sit a week, let him sit a week. And that's something that I think we're going to see throughout the week. But we all know can't guard Mike is the ultimate competitor, and he's going to want to be out there at all costs. I think if it came down to it, I think he's going to play no matter what, because I think he's just too much of a competitor. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't suit up in the Saints, say, not so fast. But that's something definitely to look at. He only had three catches, 17 yards. And that was his first game with five targets or less in since 2018 since week 11 of 2018 so that's something that is definitely interesting to look at Mike Evans only had one catch for two yards and a touchdown and that and that play came off of when Marshawn Lattimore was not guarding him so that's something that was really important Marshawn Lattimore played extremely well in this one and that's something that look without his play without Janoris Jenkins's play this game's probably a little different 
And honestly, I love this cornerback duo for the Saints there. Then you have Gronkowski in his Buccaneers debut, excuse me there, only two catches, 11 yards, nothing much from Gronk. And he just looks a step behind. I don't know if that's from being out of the league and if he's ever going to get back to that or is that just so many surgeries and he's been hurt so many times where he's never going to get back to that dominant level. That's going to be something that we'll all have to see once the Bucs play a few games here. And again, star power wasn't that apparent. You saw Brady not have a good game. Breeze not really having his best stuff as well. But the Saints still able to grind it out. Alvin Kamara did have two touchdowns and you saw him definitely have a factor. He definitely got into a rhythm in parts of the game but still wasn't fantastic. I, I do think that once the Saints get into a little bit easier matchup, like the Bucks front seven is very, very good. So once the Saints get into a little of an easier matchup, I can see Kamara really going off. I think next week is a really good matchup for the Saints against the Raiders. But that is going to wrap up our notes segment here of this victory Monday against the Bucks. And now we're going to move over to the intriguing matchups Starting off here with Breeze versus Brady. And we thought this was going to be like the matchup of the ages. You have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, all that stuff. And it really just wasn't that. Both didn't play particularly well. I just think that really Breeze made a lot less mistakes. And that was the reason that Breeze had the better day. So overall, Breeze was 18 of 30, 160 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 71.9 QBR, and 96.5 passer rating. Tom Brady was 23 of 36, 239 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. He also ran in a touchdown as well. And then he was sacked three times. Brady was only sacked once. And then QBR for Brady was 34.6. Passer rating was 78.4. And again, Brady made a lot of mistakes here. And that's something that's definitely uncharacteristic for him. And that's something that we're not used to seeing but he looked like a shell of his old self. I mean, that's all you can say. He was obviously very mad at himself. He was very mad at his teammates. It looks like it was way off. Like, I did not expect them to be this off. And that's something that, again, I think it's a combination of them being completely new and then the Saints defense really putting pressure on him. And I think that's something that really we'll see. It's going to be a tell-all because we're going to see in a few weeks, was it the Saints defense that was really good? Or was it Brady that's not so good anymore really fall off, fell off that cliff? And that's going to be something that we all have to see. But I thought Brady played pedestrian in this one. And again, I feel like he did throw, tried to get, get the ball down the field a little bit. But I feel like for the most part, a lot of check downs, a lot of like people say Breeze throws check downs. Well, Brady was throwing, he was checked down Charlie uh, yesterday or um, two days ago, probably when this podcast is going out. So that's something that to me, when looking at Brady's play, it just was awful. I mean, it was something that I thought he was still an above average QB. This was not above average, so definitely have to say that there. And Breeze, I think it was just more of like a game manager type for him. He didn't lose the Saints the game. He didn't win the Saints the game. Didn't get sacked a lot. Only got sacked once. No interceptions. He did throw two touchdowns. And Emmanuel Sanders got in the end zone for the Saints with his first touchdown as a Saint. And that was actually Drew Breeze's 70th different player to throw a touchdown to. That's insane. Taysom Hill, I mean, he added 38 yards for the Saints passing as well. But again, I think overall, how the Saints quarterbacks did, I mean, it was nothing great. It was nothing bad. Like, Breeze didn't have any, like, oh my god, bad throws. He didn't have, oh my god, great throws. He did throw that bomb to Jared Cook, which was actually a really good throw there by Breeze. But again, Cook was wide open. So, I mean, look, it was a good throw. They got the ball down the field. 
But again, that was really all you can see from Breeze. And honestly, that's credit to the Bucks defense. I thought that they did a good job of sniffing out what the Saints were going to do. They really weren't given anything deep for the Saints. A lot of it was underneath. Like, they were going to guard deep, and then they were going to just gang tackle the ball underneath. And they have some really good players in the front seven, and they were able to do that to a lot of success. Now, at some points, the Saints were able to put a drive together, and they were able to put, obviously, a lot of points up, but it was definitely tough sledding at times. So, again, kudos to the Bucks D at times for executing well, but I think overall, Breeze and the Saints did enough to win this game, and that's why... Breeze played better than Brady in this one. So that's really what it was there. Now, moving over to our second intriguing matchup here. And that's going to be basically the Saints secondary versus the Bucks skill position players and the Saints skill position players versus the Bucks secondaries. And I really think that both secondaries had the upper hand. They both played very, very well. You got to give credit to where credit's due. Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting did do a very good job for the Bucks. And Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins, I think, did a better job for the Saints. But again, both of these groups played very, very well. And that's something that I think was something that I wasn't expecting to see how good these secondaries played, especially the Bucks secondary. They have a young secondary that's played better than expectations here in this week one. So you got to give credit to them. They shut down Mike Thomas. They did a very good job there. For the most part, they were, they were able to shut down Emmanuel Sanders as well. Excuse me there. So I think overall... I think both secondaries did play better than the skill position players, but I think the Saints were able to at least get some opportunities. Jared Cook did have a big day for the Saints with five catches, 80 yards there. I mean, Chris Godwin did have six catches, 80, uh, 79 yards, excuse me, so almost 80 yards there for the, the Bucks. But really, besides those two, there was kind of a drop-off. I mean, you have Alvin Kamara. He was the next guy for the Saints, five catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Scotty Miller, five catches, 73 yards here. I guess that's not as much of a drop-off. But I feel like a lot of Miller's catches were later in the game where the Saints were up by a lot as well. I mean, it just feels like it was like a basically spread out for both teams. And I, I do think that the Saints were able to get more impact. They were able to really move the ball down the field a little more. And honestly, when it came down to those situations where you needed a big play, the Saints were able to get the big plays. The Bucks weren't. And that's really what characterizes a playoff team, a Super Bowl team. Where can you make those timely plays? Can you make those timely plays? Saints were able to do it today, Bucks were not, and that's why really the Saints were able to win this game in convincing fashion. So I think that's something that, look, I think this was characteristic of a lot of matchups here for the Saints, where, look, secondary and skill position players, secondaries both dominated, but the Saints were able to make timely plays. Like, I mean, you just go down the list, you had obviously the big catch by Jared Cook, you had the Emmanuel Sanders touchdown where he was able to stay up and shrug off a tackler, you had the Taysom Hill to a Alvin Kamara, big play at the end, really the icing on the cake. So they were able to make some big plays there in in the game just to kind of keep the chains moving, get enough to win this game. And obviously the defense and special team started for the Saints, but the offense did do enough in this game. They did put up 34 points, and that's something that we cannot underestimate, even though they definitely need to work a little harder. They definitely need to um, progress here going into this Week 2 matchup against the Raiders. And then finally, our last intriguing matchup here. It's going to be the Saints O-line versus the Bucks defensive line. And here, look, the Saints offensive line to me was okay. I think it was an up and down. I think the tackles played very well. You had really some good play out of Ryan Ramchick as usual. And then also Tyron Armstead was good as well. I think those two guys were outstanding. Then really in the interior, I think that Nick Easton, him being a backup, I think, again, I think once... Ruiz gets in there. I bet the Saints will be fine. 
but I do think that they do lose a little bit with Easton in there, but he didn't play awful. I think that really for the most part, he blended in. He was able to do enough, I would say, 95% of the time. Were there a few times he got beat? Yes, but I think for the most part, he played well. I think McCoy played well. I think even Andrews Pete, he got blown up a few times, but I think for the most part, he held up as well on that touchdown for the Saints, that Alvin Kamara screen pass. Um, Andrews Pete did have a nice block there, so that was obviously a good job by him, and that was something that really stood out to me. So it was nice getting him out in space there. So like, I would say that they were up and down. I think the really the interior had some times where it was down and the Saints were either you had Breeze going down for a sack or a QB hit or something like that. But I think really against the pass, I think for the most part, it wasn't awful. I think that is a lot to do with Drew Brees getting the ball out very, very quick. So I think that also has something to do with it. I think that this Bucks defensive line did do a good job to keep the Saints off rhythm. And I think that we talked about that kind of attributing that to the Saints play calling. But I think it also has to do with the Bucks getting to Brees and really trying to get that rhythm off. But I think for the most part, it wasn't like the offensive line wasn't awful. I think the interior was up and down. I think Easton made a few up and down plays. Pete made a few up and down plays. But I think for the most part, they were in the past, they were pretty solid. And then the run game, Saints couldn't get anything going on the run. And look, they weren't able to open up holes, excuse me there. Andrews Pete couldn't really open up holes. Easton couldn't open up holes. McCoy couldn't open up many holes. Even on the outside with the tackles, they couldn't open up many holes either. It was tough sledding, only 2.4 yards to carry. You got to give a lot of credit to the Bucks for that. But the Saints have to do better. I know the Bucks were number one in the league last year against the Rush. But again, you have to control the line of scrimmages in games like these. Because in the playoffs, this is going to be the same situation. And you would like to at least establish the run. And I think this has a lot to do with Sean Payton's play calling. I think it does. I think that Sean Payton does not try to rush it kind of up the gut. He doesn't do it enough. I would like to see more Murray. I know he had 15 carries today, but I would like to see him. And I think Kamara too. I think both of them could do it at a high level. Do some just up the middle runs, grind it out. Four yard runs, five yard runs. That's really good. Try to get ahead of the chains. And then you can do more of those cute plays that Sean Payton likes to do. The plays I do not like is when Sean Payton throws those swing passes to Alan Kamara, those sweeps to Taysom Hill. They haven't worked. And that's something that, look, when it's going and when they're going well, yes, they can break big and they can be huge plays and they can be momentum shifters for the Saints. But when you're losing four or five yards here, that's something to me, you can't run them. And I I think that the Saints would benefit more from running those up-the-middle smash-mouth plays than those kind of cute plays where you can lose a lot of yardage. And that's something that I think the Saints could definitely alter a little bit here ahead of their Week 2 matchup. But again, I think overall, again, the offensive line played good enough to win. It didn't play outstanding, wasn't the star of the show, but it was definitely good enough to win against a really good front seven in this one. So before we get into our first group-by-group recap of 2020, we are going to get into a few words from our sponsors over at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long, period. Rejoice! The NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code overtime and double your first deposit new players get up to a thousand dollars in free play designed to add more excitement 
to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. And OVERTIME is going all in for our listeners. We are giving away $500 in cold hard cash to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your first deposit, take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisedcast.com. That's overtime at advertisedcast.com. $500 in cold hard cash given away at the end of September. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into the Who Dat discussion. And now we're going to get into our first group-by-group recap here of the 2020 season. Basically, it goes through the same position groups as the group-by-group preview, but this time we give out grades. So it's going to be like we're going to give a quarterback grade, a skill position grade, an O-line grade, D-line grade, linebacker grade, secondary grade, special teams grade, coaching grade here. And then we'll give our final thoughts on the game. So again, we're just going to go start off right with the quarterback, starting off with Drew Brees. And then also, obviously, Taysom Hill did throw a pass in this one as well. But overall, I'm going to give the Saints here a B-minus for the passing. It was nothing like great out of this world. It was nothing bad either it was just like game manager drew Brees in this one and that's something that is definitely not something we like to see here i mean peyton sean Payton, coach peyton called his play calling awful but breeze called his play awful as well so again a game manager drew Brees, excuse me is an awful drew Brees in his mind so that's definitely something to think about there but i think overall breeze did enough to win this game and especially with the defense and special teams playing so well He didn't have to do as much in this one, and the Saints were still able to win by 11 points. Look, he wasn't vintage Drew Brees. He wasn't putting the team on his back in this one, but he did enough to win. He didn't shoot the team in the foot, and look, if the defense, special teams, and other parts of the offense are playing like really, really good football, they don't need Brees to like have these um, big Hercules efforts here in this one. They can just go in, he can be a game manager, and then like when the Saints really need him, he can elevate that play. And I think that's something that you may see more of in 2020, especially kind of to keep Breeze fresh as well. So again, I'm going to give him a B minus in this one, maybe a C plus if you're being harsh on him. But I think, look, he was a game manager in this one. I don't think he was less. I don't think he was more. So I really thought he was just average. 
So that was really that there. Moving over to the skill position group. And again, I'm going to give this one a C plus, B minus as well. Maybe this one's going closer to a C plus here. Because they just really weren't that good. I mean, Latavius Murray was your leading rusher with 48 yards. Alvin Kamara did have a touchdown, but he only had 16 yards rushing in this one. 1.3 yards a carry. Definitely not a good output for him. He did do a good job in the receiving game with five catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. But really, Kamara was the Saints' best skill position player, which, again, isn't really good with that stat line there. I mean, Jared Cook did have five catches, 80 yards, which was really good there. He did drop a pass, but I think overall he did have a very good day. And I think it's showing that Jared Cook's going to be a big part of this offense here in 2020, especially as like a safety net. And like when things aren't going well, Jared Cook's kind of a reliable guy to get open, especially kind of in that mid-range area. I mean, but look, when Deontay Harris is tied for your third lean receiver at 17 yards with Michael Thomas, you know the day wasn't that good for the skill position group. And again, you had Emmanuel Sanders catching his first touchdown, but he only had 15 yards receiving. Taysom Hill only had one catch in this one. And again, I think it's really a C plus in this one. Maybe you want to give a B minus because they were able to get it done, excuse me, and when it really counted. But again, it just wasn't a good output for these guys. And again, it's something that you have to look look for going forward. Not only just Breeze's play getting better, also this offense as a whole getting better. You want to see Michael Thomas getting open in one-on-ones. Wasn't really able to do that today, which is something that is a little concerning, but you got to give credit to Carlton Davis. I mean, Jared Cook was able to get open on one-on-one opportunities, so that was really good. But they were also doubling Michael Thomas a ton in this one. So definitely, I don't think it was all on just, like, great one-on-one play. They were keying on Michael Thomas. They obviously wanted to stop him, and that's why Jared Cook was getting a lot of opportunities, and he was able to be kind of the go-to guy for the Saints. But overall, it really was kind of a C-plus day for this team. Nothing going, really, for the skill position group, and... Again, that's something they're going to have to fix going forward here into that Monday night matchup against the Raiders. Moving over to the O-line. Again, we kind of talked about how they were just kind of average, so I'm going to give them a B-. minus. I don't think they were that bad. Only gave up one sack. But look, when you're only rushing here at 2.4 yards a carry, that's not good. And that's really not good. So really, on the pass, they were good enough. I think that has a lot to do with Breeze getting the ball out quick. And then really, in, in the rushing game, they couldn't open up any holes for these guys, which... Again, it's very, very tough, but I think at the end of the day, they didn't play awful. They didn't lose the team the game. They didn't do anything like They didn't, like, blow up the game. So, again, that's why I'm going to give them a B-. minus. They did enough to win this game, and that's kind of the story here for the Saints offense as a whole. Flipping over to the defensive line here, and you got to give these guys an A. I thought they played extremely well, especially against a pretty good offensive line, and without Marcus Davenport... I mean, you have Grant, as I said earlier in the episode, you had Granderson, and then also you had Trey Hendrickson get a sack in this one, which is huge. Those two guys are obviously the backup to Davenport when healthy, and for them filling in for Davenport, having a big day, that is huge. And that's something that I really wanted to highlight. If these guys can play at a high level, Clowney, you don't need Clowney if those guys are playing at that level. And Granderson did a really good job. Hendrickson did a really good job. They won a few one-on-one matchups, which was really good there. I thought they played outstanding. And again, if you can get that production for your spot opposite Cameron Jordan, you're doing really good work. Uh, Speaking of Cameron Jordan, he didn't have a sack, but he did have a tackle for loss here and a nice run stop. He did have four tackles. I thought he had a pretty good day. He also had a QB hit. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see him get a sack, but not an awful day for him. 
Malcolm Roach had his first tackle for a loss as an NFL pro, so that was very good for Malcolm Roach as he was able to do that. He really gave the defense some energy early, which I thought was very, very good there and something that I liked to see from him. So that's something that was good. I mean, he was kind of filling in for Shy Tuttle as he was inactive for this game as well. So because he had an injury and I think he was still kind of getting back into it. So they made him inactive and then they played Roach and Malcolm Roach did a very good job in this one. So kudos to him for his first tackles for loss as a pro. And really overall on the inside, you saw David Onyemata do a pretty good job. You saw Sheldon Rankins do a pretty good job. He actually had two QB hits. So that was good for Rankins. Definitely getting to the quarterback. That was nice there. And then really overall... Good job from this Saints defensive line. They were able to get enough pressure. They made Tom Brady feel very uncomfortable. Great job for them. Kudos to them the way they played without Marcus Davenport. Moving over to the linebackers, and I'm going to give them an A-. Like The linebacking group right now is a little difficult because there's really only two playing. And you have Demario Davis, who had a sack in this one, tackle for loss. He looked really good. Also had a QB hit, obviously, because he had a sack. And... Again, he was able to to really be the vintage, really good guy. He always is, really good communicator. He really makes this defense go around, and obviously he just signed that long extension or three-year extension, and we're going to talk about that after we recap this episode very, very quickly. We're going to touch upon it, but again, kudos to him. Congrats to him on the contract, and he played very, very well in this one. Alex Anzalone also did a good job. He had four tackles. He was all over the field. If he can stay healthy... Again, he's just such a good player, barring health as always, but a good day for him. So those were really the only two Saints linebackers to get snaps in this one, which I thought was very, very interesting. I mean, you have Caden Ellis only getting like three snaps in there. Zach Baum was inactive for this one in his first NFL game here. So that's really what it was from the linebackers. I'm not going to give them like an A, A plus, because they didn't impact the game hugely. But like Demario Davis impacted the game very, very nicely, and then so did Alex Antoloni, excuse me there. So overall, really good job for them. A minus A. I guess between the two of those guys, A, but there's really no one else there. So you don't want to give them like all the credit because I really want to give all the credit here to this secondary. A plus, 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 plus for them. I mean, we know that the Saints have had trouble in the secondary, but today they played outstanding. Again, Janoris Jenkins is going to be talked about for his pick six. It was an amazing play on the ball. Eli Apple doesn't make that play. That's all I'm trying to tell you guys. He's a ball hawk. He's a player that's going to make huge plays for your team. And that was a huge one for the Jackrabbit as he was able to get that pick six in the third quarter. So that was obviously really big. Marshawn Lattimore, I feel, played very good against Mike Evans. It was physical against him. It's definitely bad blood. But you like to see that. Have a rivalry. Have something where, look, we don't like each other. Let's go at it. I like to see that, especially with the Bucks kind of being like the challengers to the Saints this season, stand up to them. And I really feel like Lattimore did a very good job when he was guarding Mike Evans. No catches, no yards. Really good job by Lattimore in this one. And I thought that he did a superb job here. So good, very good, I should say, for him in this first game. Then you move over to the safeties with Marcus Williams getting an interception as well, being that kind of center fielder as he always is. He was in the right place at the right time, kind of. But, hey, that's sometimes how it how it goes and kind of what it takes. And he was able to, to do a really good job in this one here to get that pick. He was good today. And, that, and that's another thing. He seems like maybe he's taking that next step. That was a big pick. That kind of changed the momentum of the game as well. Really like what Williams was doing there. So, 
Very good job from him. And then moving it over to Malcolm Jenkins. He had six tackles. He also had a pass defense in this one. He did have a pass interference. But again, I think overall, his communication, like the way he sets a tone, physicality as well. And also, you know, he's good in those one-on-one situations against tight ends and stuff. The secondary did an amazing job. And then one surprise player that played a lot before we get into how C.D. Do C.J. Gardner-Johnson played was D.J. Swearinger. Gotta give him a lot of credit because he surprised. I didn't think he was going to get as many snaps as he did. And he was on the field for like half the defensive snaps. And he was able to do a good job. And he's a guy that I think can come up in here. Really good ball, ball skills guy, excuse me. He has a lot of smarts on the back end. And just another veteran to add to this young talent. Just really, really big. And then C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who had 10 tackles in this one, also added the pass defense. He was all over the field. He was great in run defense. He was solid in pass defense. Overall, really good job by C.D. Do C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Again, love what he's doing. And that's something that if he can continue to get better and better here each game, he's going to be a real star in this league. And I love his potential here in this Saints secondary. Moving over to the special teams, give them an A++++++ another group to get that because they played outstanding from Thomas Morstead's amazing puns to Will Lutz hitting every field goal to the block pump by a uh, block kick, excuse me, by Marcus Hunt to the play by Benny Fowler to pick up the fumble after a miscue from the Bucks. Again, this was a difference maker in this one. And sometimes it's like not very stylish to say that your special teams won you the game, but Again, it seems like this was kind of partly at least the case for the Saints, as really they played an amazing game here, and they did a good job as a group. Everything was right here, and I'd give them the highest grade possible. They did a great job in this one. And then coaching here, I'm going to give it a B. And look, I don't think the play calling was good, especially on the offense from Sean Payton, but I thought Dennis Allen did an amazing job with in-game adjustments. He was really on top of his game, and so I wanted to definitely shout him out for that. And then really from Sean Payton's point of view and really the whole coaching staff point of view, they got this team ready to play. This Saints team really didn't come out besides like the first two possessions, but really after that, they were ready to play this game. And especially after this really weird offseason to come in here in the Dome with no fans, bring your own juice. I I think that's going to be the new slogan. I mean, obviously, run it back's a great one that I kind of made up, but bring your own juice, like bring your own energy. And that was the huge slogan here, at least for this game. And the Saints were able to do that. So kudos, excuse me, to the coaching staff as they did a very good job in this one. And I'm very happy to the way they coached, got these guys ready to play. Execution could have been better, and that's why it's only a B and not an A. But I think you could see that in future games really get better. So good job from the Saints there. I mean, overall, going to our final thoughts, good win for the Saints. This is a good win against a solid football team in Tampa Bay. And it's like, look, if you want to beat us in the NFC South, it's coming through New Orleans. And obviously our goal is much higher than the NFC South this year. But again, this is a nice start. Now the Saints go play next week against the Raiders. That's going to be another good game, I think. The first game in Las Vegas for the Raiders. Definitely going to be an interesting one. I think the Saints are helped greatly by having no fans. Like not Their first game would have been against the Saints. So with no fans, obviously no energies in the air, so... It's kind of like a hollow feeling. So I think that the Saints definitely did not benefit with having no fans in week one. But I think in week two, they do benefit. So that's just kind of how it stands here. And I don't think the Saints like need fans to win the Superdome. I don't, I don't think they are like bad on the road if there are other teams fans. Like I think this is such a good football team. And they really showed it. 
And again, they played with amazing efforts from two groups, the defense and special teams, kind of an average performance by the offense, but it was still good enough to win. So overall, great job by the Saints to get this win. And obviously, great win, and it was an all-around win, but there's room for improvement, and I think that the Saints will definitely key in on to that. So before we wrap up this episode here, this recap episode of the Who Dat discussion, we are going to get into one more topic here as just talking about contracts and some contract extensions that happened over the weekend. So first, on Saturday... The Saints and Alvin Kamara reached a five-year, $75 million agreement here to keep Kamara in New Orleans for the next six years. That's insane. I mean, good for him. I mean, it ends up being a $77.133 million overall contract, so that's obviously good for him. $15 million signing bonus. Kamara cashes in. I just love that this saga is behind us. I'm happy that Kamara got his new deal. I'm happy that he's going to be staying with the Saints. I'm happy that, like, post Drew Brees, to have a guy like Alvin Kamara kind of leading your offense, it's really big. So I'm very, very happy about that deal. Very happy for Kamara as he cashes in and really gets a big contract here. So that's a big thing for Kamara. Very, very happy for him. And hopefully he can help the Saints to a Super Bowl in the next five years. Hopefully this year. Fingers crossed for sure. And uh, But big contract for him and happy that he's staying in New Orleans. And, I mean, I, I would have liked to sign him for less, but the Saints really added that extra year in there to make it five years, which is something that I think they really wanted to get this deal done, and they needed Kamara as part of their offense, so they ended up not having any leverage, and they definitely paid Kamara's price. So, you know, good for Kamara for getting a really good deal for him, and good for the Saints for locking up a star running back for the next five years. Like, that's something that's really, really big, and, I, again, I, I do think it's a win-win deal in the respect that Look, Kamara gets paid and definitely gets like huge respect, and as he should. He's a top-five running back, in my opinion, and he does so many different things. He just runs the ball. He receives the ball as well. And really, the Saints, they get like just the full package of Kamara for really the prime of his career. So that's something that's really big. And to me, overall, I think it's a good deal. I think Kamara, if he has a big year coming off of kind of an injury-riddled year last season, that's going to be a really good contract for the Saints and him, and hopefully that he plays all of the years out as a saint. And then the second contract that came out during the game, Aaron Andrews reported it that Demario Davis signed a three-year extension worth $27 million as he's going to be staying in New Orleans through 2023. So good deal here for the saints. I mean, he gets a good extension for sure. Saints signed to a three-year $24 million deal. So really only a $3 million kind of pay raise for Demario Davis, and he's played so good. And, and, I, and I do think that he only got like a little pay raise here just because he is getting older and he's kind of becoming that veteran player. And you don't know like when is he going to drop off, if he's going to drop off, or is he going to be keep aging like fine wine as he really has. He's really gotten better as his career um, has, has gotten kind of more and more experience. He's gotten better. And he's kind of one of those players, those late bloomers, excuse me there. So he's done a very good job. So again... Great for the Saints to lock up really one of the big leaders of their defense. Great for DeMario for getting another big contract. So, I mean, overall, it ends up being like a six-year contract worth basically, I mean, $51 million. So that, that's a good deal for him. So, I mean, overall, if you kind of combine the two deals here for him, especially as a linebacker, and like especially with the first contract when 
again, he wasn't like that all-pro linebacker. Now, obviously, he is. So I think overall, good deal on both sides. Good deals all around here for the Saints as they're obviously trying to keep their core intact once Breeze retires here and kind of sets off into the sunset there. Hopefully, it's after a Super Bowl victory, after a really good season here in 2020. But that's yet to be seen. But a good start for the Saints here as they got that week one victory against the Bucks. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. On Twitter, you can follow the Houdat Discussion at the Houdat Dis. And personally, on Twitter, you can follow me at Andrew Galata. Like on game day, we give a lot of content out. We give updates on scores, kind of some opinions about the game as it's going on. So definitely check that out on Twitter. Also on Instagram, the Houdat Discussion is at Houdat Discussion. So if you want to see us on Instagram, we are on there. And then also, you can listen to the Houdat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. So definitely check us out on there. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. That would be really big, and I'd greatly appreciate it. But I think this was a great recap here, a happy recap as the Saints start 1-0 here. Their next game is going to be Monday night against the Raiders. That means we're going to have kind of a preview episode probably Friday. That, that That's kind of what I'm thinking. Probably a Friday preview here for a Monday game. And then we'll be back at you Tuesday after the Monday night game. But I think that's all I have in store for you guys on this episode. So I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. Run it back. And who dat? <laughs>